sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez, and my main man, Kevin Walsh, is joining us as well every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. You can also catch Kevin Walsh at this time in the evening as he's breaking down the action live on in-game live. But, Kev, we are a week and a day away from the NFL season. So we got to talk about it because there was a lot of news over the last couple of days, specifically, I believe, focused on the running back position. And as people are doing their fantasy drafts, the running back position is a high priority, and there are potential studs there that have news around them. I mentioned an LSU player, and that player is Leonard Fournette, who two days ago in this time while we were on air was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. We heard that, like, you know, they were trying to shop them, couldn't get anything, and we've been pontificating on some of the teams that could fit, right? We've talked about Washington and Chicago and New England and Tampa and Houston. Well, there are some buzz now and some reports about another team that I would find very interesting, Kev, and that team is the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? We know Damian Williams has opted out. We know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has zoomed up fantasy draft boards. But, Kev, you also know I have been saying maybe they bring in a veteran. Maybe they don't actually want to put Edwards-Hilaire through the wear and tear of being a true bell cow back. What would this mean? You know, I know we have also said wherever Fournette goes, it completely kneecaps the value of whoever's there. What would this mean? Do you believe the Chiefs could be a contender for Fournette services? What would this mean for the offense in real life? And what would it mean for the pre-draft fantasy darling that is Clyde Redwood Hilaire? Yeah, if they went out there and they added Fournette, I think you could just chalk it up to a team seeing talent available and yeah. just looking to bring some more talent in. I don't find it to be a necessary move. Um, and I don't really think it makes much of sense because, again, you really should have not spent the first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire if you believe it is necessary to bring in somebody like a Leonard Fournette. Although if Leonard Fournette is going for pennies on the dollar, then, again, I guess what is the harm uh, in bringing in someone of his, uh, of his talent level? What this would do for the team as a whole, I don't become any higher, but I don't become any lower on them if Fournette is there. And what it does in terms of uh, fantasy perspective, uh, good luck. Good luck figuring out. I'll just say, if he does end up in Kansas City, I'm not positive he is active or even has much of a role if he is for week one. I mean, you know, the Chiefs do kick off early, right, with that Thursday night game, which is a week and a half a day away, right? So absolutely if this happens, and like we said, you know, we showed you on the screen, there are some, you know, rumors about this, but that doesn't necessarily mean this will be his landing spot per se. I do think it's interesting, though, to see the teams that are even rumored, because sometimes, Kev, that gives you an inkling as to what teams maybe even just feel like they need to address the position. 
You know what I mean? Like when we saw with Philly talking with Carlos Hyde or Devontae Freeman, it was a signal, at least to me, that maybe they still think they need to make some moves. Now, they haven't, even with the Miles Sanders injury, but it's something of the tea leaves you can read. I do want to ask you this, though, Kev. You talked about maybe Fournette and what it could be for week one in Kansas City or elsewhere. Do you think, though, that he finds a home like in the next 24, 48 hours as we bring in our radio audience again from around the country? I mean, I don't think a guy like Fournette is going to be out there for that long, especially if he looks himself in the mirror and, you know, financially is amenable to what deals may come his way. Yes, the thing is, um, they couldn't get a seventh for him. They could not get a seventh. So that does not inspire a lot of confidence about what this market may look like for Leonard Fournette. Um, and yes, it might come down to uh, just what the asking price ultimately is. And I do think, you know, I understand what you're saying about reading tea leaves, right? But as we sit here, and neither the Chiefs, and I know this is, you know, something that you and I have quite disagreed on, uh, but as mm-hmm. the Chiefs nor the Eagles have added backs, I think, though, it shows that it, you know, was more situational. If a back that fit and made sense was out there, they would bring them in versus, oh, we need another back, I think has been the the approach for those two teams. Otherwise, they would have done what the Seahawks did or what the Patriots did. They would have, you know, had a Lamar Miller or a Carlos Hyde join there. So that's the other thing when it comes to a Leonard Fournette is, you know, you and I, we we listed, uh, you know, probably the the most realistic options out there, right? Uh, a short mm-hmm. list of, let's call it, say, six teams. Um, yeah. But do any of those six say, oh, obviously? Like, I don't think we we sit here with an, oh, that team obviously needs Leonard Fournette. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, I do think Chicago and Washington come to mind in terms of maybe having a need, but it will be interesting. And then the teams that we talked about, Kansas City and Philly, you know, well, welcome Boston Scott and Darrell Williams, right? And that, it seems like, will be those next men up. You know, I mean, you have to admit, no back is on the field for 100% of the time. So you will see some of those names in the city and in Philadelphia regardless, right? I do want to ask you, though. No, go ahead. What's up? You don't need 100% to be a bell cow. You know, that's no, no, just no, no, no. Complete... I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. I was saying okay. just the name to know then it oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah, Boston yeah. Scott and Darrell Williams. That's all it was. It was not a oh, passive-aggressive yeah. jab, I swear okay. to you, Kev. <laughs> um, right? And the other thing I will note also that you do have to keep an eye on, right, is that teams are still getting down to their 53, okay? So there may be a cut somewhere in the NFL that then also gets picked up that's not like an expensive or name brand option like a Freeman or a Fournette, right? There will be some merry-go-round at the bottom of rosters as teams get to under 53. We got other NFL running back news when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Kev, we talked a little bit already about Leonard Fournette. Where might he go? And it's interesting, you know, you got to monitor these things. I know a lot of people are having fantasy drafts literally this week, okay? I was in a draft yesterday where Leonard Fournette fell to abnormal levels, you know, and at some point these guys are – 
still a value because they will be on a team. You have to remember that and think about that. But yesterday, not only the Leonard Fournette news, but in running back world, Alvin Kamara was big news as well, right? Maybe a contract dispute. There were even reports out there that the Saints would be open to moving Alvin Kamara if they couldn't get a deal done. A lot of smoke don't know how much fire there is because then they're saying you know oh we have it here Rappaport is saying oh the agent and the team are pretty much working they're not part as we once thought talk to me about Kamara I have two questions here for you Kev one do you think he is the kind of running back who deserves the second big deal I know we've talked about that a bunch I personally do and I also think the timing and the fact that you have Drew Brees for a limited amount of time almost forces the Saints hand on some level. But the second question for you is, you know, what do you think Kamara's role is with this Saints offense? He had a down year last year. We know about Michael Thomas. They bring in Manny Sanders. You know, Lat Murray is something more of a thunder back, maybe the goal line short yardage. Do you think mm. what is his role in this offense does he deserve the number four or five overall pick in fantasy so i think as it as it pertains to whether or not they should pay um that is up to how people feel about paying running backs like, there are some people yeah. who tell you that no running backs deserve second contracts and if that's your stance that's your stance but if you believe that some do then he would be a part of that sum. does he qualify alvin, right alvin Kamara would fit that description I expect Alvin Kamara actually to have a really big year. The more hmm. I've looked uh, just kind of into that last season, real banged up, some yep. unfortunate touchdown luck. And I think if you get 16 from Alvin Kamara, I think he's got a legitimate chance to end up being the number one overall player in fantasy. So, yeah, I think he's a very big part uh, of this Saints team. And it does seem as if cooler heads prevailed, which is yeah. unfortunate. I would have rather that report come out tomorrow because I would have at least like 24 hours to talk about potential trade spots. <laughs> well, we can still talk about it if you want. I just don't think it's going to be a valid conversation because Alvin Kamara and the Saints may, in fact, come to an agreement. You know, a point I'll make here, especially as it relates to fantasy, we all talk about names and rankings and stuff. You got to use common sense as well, people. Okay. And one of the ways you see common sense, you know, Kev, you know how we talk about like the pie and who gets a bigger chunk of the pie when we talk about fantasy, when we talk about offensive production and we try to figure out game flow, things of that nature. The other thing you have to figure, think about is how big is the pie itself? And the New Orleans Saints pie, Kev, is pretty damn big. You know what I mean? And I think not only with a guy like Kamara, but later in drafts, when you're thinking about like, you know, this wide receiver versus that wide receiver, a lot of times the trump card can not only be the player, but the offense that he's on. How dynamic is that team, right? And I truly believe that, you know, lean Saints, Right, They're going to have one of the top offenses, and Kamara has a relatively big slice of that pie. There's other you know, backs in there at that level that are on teams that are more offensively challenged and give me the team that's going to score 30 points a game because then my guy's more likely to get a touchdown. Just as a general mm. rule of thumb, especially later on in the draft, don't only think about the player. Think comprehensively about the team, the offense, and how dynamic it is because that's the opportunity for potential. There is another 
running back, Kev, that made news. And we were talking about this. This is another one of those running backs. We were wondering, is this guy above the fold for the second contract, right? We knew this would be a guy on the precipice. It is Bengals running back Joe Mixon, who did, in fact, come to a deal with the Bengals four years, $48 million. He will continue to be the nice security blanket for Joe Burrow as he starts his NFL career. He'll be able to turn and hand it off to mix on, mix off. Which is, uh, look, that kind of security can be big for him. You would think that basically um, the freedom that a quarterback on a rookie contract might allow you to then make a move like this for a Joe Mixon. And, uh, you know, I just don't think you're going to want these things looming uh, over you going into the season. A whole Like, you're, you're just going to want to get these things done. So if you're going to pay them, just pay them. Uh, they get the job done here. And uh, we get closer and closer to this season. And I start thinking uh, I'm going to be more and more on this Bengals team than most. All right. Fair enough. Listen, um, Joe Mixon, he is a legitimate first round talent in fantasy. He can be your RB one. And he's one of those RB ones who also has utility out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Okay. You know, Kevin, we were doing that bell cow or not exercise we both believe that joe mixon is one of the i don't know what did we come up with something like eight or nine i think it was right joe mixon though is in that category one of the few workhorses still in the nfl you agree yeah i mean now that list has expanded right since uh miles sanders and clyde edwards Hilaire certainly marched onto that list um but yeah joe mixon is certainly a part of that group i would say and uh you know it if this defense is as bad as people think, then that's right. Know, that pass catching ability that he does have will stop, you know, his potential value from plummeting because there won't really be a lot of opportunity for them to run the ball. But also, you can only get blown out so quickly, right? Like they can still run the ball for at least the entirety of the first half, right? Yes, but also the fact that Joe Mixon is a weapon in the mm-hmm. screen game and in the pass game means for me. Unlike other backs, when that team gets game flowed out of it, you know, there's been other times where I've been like, hey, don't forget about this guy who plays the pass catching role for a team that will be down a lot. Remember, I've been mentioning Chris Thompson for a while because the Jaguars, I believe, will be down and he'll be on the field a lot more, right? With Mixon, even if that game flow becomes the case, will we see some of Giovanni Bernard? Sure. But will Mixon still stay on the field? I believe so. So I think that is another little feather in his cap. One other injury note. I want to move forward. We're moving away from running backs. But out in Vegas, Terrell Williams is put on IR. He's got a labrum. He's going to have surgery on that shoulder. He's going to miss all of 2020. Now I ask you, what does that leave left in Vegas, right? You got Hunter Renfro. You got, you know, Nelson Aguilar, who they brought over. You got Henry Ruggs, the kid they drafted out of Alabama buy or sell Kev like this wide receiver group in Vegas who would you look to prioritize for me the known quantity I believe is Hunter Renfro likely in the slot likely in that kind of Edelman role in PPR formats I think you've talked about in the NBA what can you trust when it comes to the Raiders receiving core that's the only thing I can trust at this point I gotta be honest with you. I'm not sure what you saw from Renfro to make you trust him um, that much. Like he was fine. He wasn't like 
out of this world great in those games. And I look at what Tyrell Williams brings to the or brought to this team as a down the field option, a guy who scored five touchdowns in the first five weeks of the season. I'm I'm in on rugs. So you and you and I have been talking a little bit about some season long player props. Yeah. Um, and I think some point next week, maybe you and I can kind of um, give our takes on those a little bit more in depth. Uh, for people as we get closer to the start of the season. But I have a, a short list pretty much compiled, and Henry Ruggs is on it. Um, and this is news that only makes me more excited about Henry Ruggs being on that list. Okay, absolutely. I mean, remember, he was the kid that they drafted out of Alabama that actually went before the other Alabama First wide, wide receiver, receiver off the board. Who, yeah, higher than Judy, higher than Lamb. You know, I guess... And maybe this doesn't hold water to you, right? But Ruggs was a specific kind of wide receiver. And one of the things we are hearing is that a lot of the rookies um, are going to be slower even than usual picking up everything, right? And I don't usually love rookie wide receivers out the gate anyway. I like rookie running backs. I just think it'll be slower going for Ruggs. He may have the opportunity, but we'll see how he develops because without Terrell Williams, with the rest of that receiving core, he will likely have an opportunity. We will turn our attention to Major League Baseball, benches cleared in New York, and other things to discuss when we come back. But first, the news update from SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line on SportsGrid, including our radio audience from around the country, the mightier 1090. Thanks for waking up early with us. Kev, we turn our attention to baseball, and I, I, I got to tell you, yesterday we were talking about how the Rays have won seven of eight for the Yankees from the Yankees. If I was the Yankees, I'd start to be a little bit pissed. And our oldest Chapman maybe was a little bit pissed yesterday, right? Throwing the benches come out for a little bit. Ultimately, the Yankees do get a 5-3 victory. DJ LeMahieu, in his return, hits not one, but two home runs. These teams renew their hostilities today. What'd you think about that? I thought it was, you know, I thought it was going to come because the Yankees are frustrated at this point. But, like, the Yankees keep losing to this team. Maybe I'm yeah. naive here, but they keep losing, Dane. It's a two-run game. And Chapman's purposely trying to put a dude on base? Come on. No, I don't think he's throwing I, at him. But, but that's what they're losing their mind at, saying that they're throwing at him. I mean, that's what, that's what you know, Kevin Kess right. ripping the Yankees organization to shreds as if they have any legs to stand on Tampa Bay Rays we're almost the Montreal Rays for half your games. Please keep it moving, sir. But, like, I'm just – like, let's just logically – how does Araldis Chapman have the breathing room to possibly put a guy on base in that situation? He doesn't. No. Game, time, and score uh, does not relate to that. Maybe he had a J.R. Smith moment, but I don't know. But you're right. I don't think he was throwing at him per se. What I mean is that, you know, tensions are hot. 
right now because this division is up for grabs and the Yankees are like, whoa, we thought we had this locked up. You guys are trying to be the new kids on the block, plant the flag. We got to get this one back. I'm just saying, you know, tensions are high at this point. And I'm excited to see how it goes because, listen, now with LeMahieu back, we see the difference, right? He kind of is the offense for them right now. We're going to start to get some guys back. As you note, DJ still hitting over 400. You've always said, hey, if they're healthy, it's all good. Wake me up in the playoffs. And maybe that is the case. But Tampa's not going to go anywhere quietly. No, they're not. They're a good baseball team. But, like, they're not as good as the Yankees when the Yankees are healthy. That's okay to say. That's not a slight to the Rays. That's why the Yankees are still favorites in the American League. And Yankees got a really important win for them. The Rays weren't going to beat the Yankees every single time they played. And here we are today, Jordan Montgomery against Charlie Morton. Yanks, slight favorites. A lot of people will tell you, well, there's no way that they should be favorites. But Charlie Morton has not been real good on the year. He only went two innings in his last start, which is noteworthy. So, uh, again, I I look at this spot here. uh, I lean towards the Yankees, though I seemingly always lean towards the Yankees. But, you know... I ask you this. How do you feel about betting on games that almost you can certainly see multiple people being ejected from? <laughs> I don't think I put that in my handicap most times, right? That is a kind of outlier situation. I, that's not something that's going to impact me. What, you're like going to try to play that, hey, Morton's going to drill somebody and well, then they're going to get ejected and offenses will be compromised, something like that? If, first of all, if Morton throws a ball anywhere near a Yankee, he will get thrown out of this game. But I'm just Fair. saying, like, if it, it might just be enough to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting involved with this. I'll tell you this though, because Gary Sanchez does not mess around. Like Gary Sanchez will come and throw Kevin Cash in a chokehold if these benches do clear. So like, that's my whole thing. I just might want to stay off the game because there's a legitimate like over under half a player gets ejected from this game. Like, I'll take the under. The over. Oh, I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the under. Martinez. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is that like letting the narrative go so far. If you look at the numbers, right? What percent of the time does someone get ejected from the game? I understand, like I just said, maybe they're hot right now. But, you know, I mean, we're talking about an imaginary bet. So we should probably move on when there are other divisions on the line here. And I got to go to the AL Central, right, Kev? Because literally that White Sox game, you know, White Sox, Minnesota, that is a big series. We talked about it yesterday and minnesota got a w byron buxton coming back michael Pineda coming back this tightens everything up a little bit in that al central which we are looking at you have the standings on the screen now the twins get a little bit of a comeback you know nelson cruz goes three for three as well what do you think happens in this series it is tight in the AL Central. And as I look today, what do we got? We got McKinsey on the hill for Cleveland. We got Jacob Junis. Um, oh, excuse me. No, we're on Chicago and Minnesota where Berrios, the ace, toes the slab mm. at home for the Twins. That's why they're minus 148. Yeah, now the thing is, Berrios has not been very ace-like Fair. on the year. And Fair. that's what gives me. Now, he's been he's been better in his last couple of outings. Uh, his last outing went five and two thirds, gave up three runs, seven hits. It's not great. Um, the, hitting, you know, the start before that, he went six scoreless, which was uh, much better. Ronaldo Lopez is somebody that I know people love, love, love to target. I, I'm, I might rather want to just play a total here, but 
nine and a half. They've certainly moved it up from where it was. I know last game was an eight and a half. Uh, this is a tough game to call, and that's what you're seeing here with the Central. I'm just annoyed we don't have our uh, division odds reposted to see what the move looks mm-hmm. like. I don't know that they're going to put those back up because at this point, with only like 20 games like to ever? go and things so condensed, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, oh. like, think about it this way, Kev. You're on in-game live all the time, right? Yeah. At a certain point of the game, they take it all down inside five minutes. You know what I mean? And so I'm just saying, if we stretch that out, at some point in the season – for a division bet, it's got it's going to be the same way. Like they're going to take down the live lines on it, like they would in a game at some point in the fourth quarter. We are approaching the fourth quarter of the season, right? So the live updates on that one step, you know, if you take a macro view of it, they're going to take mm. it down on one at some point because, like we said, Minnesota went from first to third over the span of a weekend, and there's a few divisions that are tight like that, you know. And now with the other complication of some teams having obviously sold right and not knowing motivation of some it is going to be very hard one of the things i wanted to get into with you though another team we talked about that could take a step forward over in the nl east the philadelphia phillies and they continue to be hot aaron nola with another win right they beat the Washington Nationals 6-0. Not to be outdone, though, Kev. The Miami Marlins in that division still hanging around 500. They get a win as well. Both Mm. of those teams, though, Miami and Philly, I believe have tall tasks today. Okay, Philadelphia will see Max Scherzer for the Nationals, and Miami will see the ace of the, um, you know, inspired energetic blue jays now hinging rayu they are both dogs but they both kind of you know need to keep their head above water above 500 as nl contenders talk to me about philly and miami how do you like them moving forward today give me the home dogs because i got good really? vision on okay. the mound though first of all sixto sanchez remains one of my favorite players in all of major league baseball sixto. That is a five-star name i mean it's fantastic take a strikeout prop uh, did you see him last game like my I know, goodness, that's what I'm saying it. Yeah, like you gotta. I, I, the one thing I always love in Major League Baseball is when an elite prospect comes up and that's immediately right. is fantastic. And it's like, oh, yep. that's so cool that this guy right away shout is out, the best. Shout out to our homegirl, Ariel Epstein, who yesterday, in this vein, her play was the Ian Anderson strikeout prop. Young kid coming up, right, against Boston. I believe the strikeout prop was four and a half. I believe he delivered like eight or nine strikeouts. So there you go. Similar thing. You like your pitcher on the road, right? You like what it all comes together. Might you play in that market today? Yeah, I think you certainly could. But like I said, I, I think... I'll, if, if I have two home dogs, because I got Sixto Sanchez, who's been you know impressive in his two starts, and I got Zach Wheeler, who, call it what it is, I'm better than Max Scherzer on the season. He's not a better pitcher than Max Scherzer, but he's been better than Scherzer on the year. That's okay to say, and I got him as a home dog. And all the, I mean, all the Phillies do is beat the Washington Nationals. Like, I, I told you about that tweet that was sent out the other day. All they do is beat up on the Nats ever since that tweet's been sent out. And <laughs> I... This is a, you know, a spot where I have two dogs. I think I get at least one. And if I get both, happy days. 
All right, fair enough. That is a way to play it. I want to ask you about this one other game, you know, not as much from the contender aspect, but the 49ers had a great defensive effort against the Broncos. The Broncos only got a safety and a field goal as San Francisco over Colorado 23 to five yesterday, right? Like talk about an over, huh? I cannot believe I fell for that. I was sort of like, why did he just start talking football? Um, but yes, uh, the, the, I mean, Dickerson, got me. Solano, Crawford, six yeah. RBIs each, right? Each with a touchdown. Hook, hook line, and sinker. Um, <laughs> 23 runs, they had 27 hits. I mean, sloppy, yeah. though. Two errors. Bad force from the Giants. No, look, uh, incredible stuff from them. Uh, course field, baby. Yeah, I guess so. You know, but here's the thing San Francisco. At a game under 500 is still in the mix in the National League. The last thing I'll say, the Dodgers continue to run away and hide in that division. And Kev, I don't care what the line is on this one. Walker Bueller's coming back and they're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks who've waved the white flag, right? Are you going to, are you going to fade Arizona? Even more, I know there's going to be big numbers on their games, but we talk about motivation and we talk about the little boost on a team like San Diego or Toronto. You got to feel the other way. If you're in that Arizona locker room, are you going to fade them even more, even against big numbers? Yeah, I think you want to be cautious, though, um, because that gallon's on the mound. This will still be a yeah, monster number that's despite fair. that. Um, but yes, the Diamondbacks. They're going to compete for the worst record in all of baseball. I just want to throw one more spot out here because I think it's maybe the first yeah, time up? all year. The Angels are not priced like the best team in baseball. They are actually considerable dogs at home to the Padres. Uh, they're plus 170 in their building. It just is noteworthy because they are usually favorites no matter yeah. what when they play at home. You know, it's also interesting. That could also be a representation of all the recent love for our team, the fathers as well, getting steamed there. Our guy Cam Stewart joins the show when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here in the early line on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dayton Martinez. I got my main man, as always, Kevin Walsh with me. And like most Wednesdays, we are now joined by friend of the show, the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Cam, how you doing, man? This is an important week, not only in hockey and golf. Your head's got to be on a swivel. How you doing, brother, man? Yeah, I got to be honest with you, Dane. Last night, uh, yeah, that, I'm sorry to hear that. I had been sorry to hear that. Parlays, I had the island. Okay. Like, I've been right. I've been on fire as this uh, sports grids records guy. You know, I'm telling you, you're, oh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're the big you. dog now, Kev. You're the big dog. I got absolutely <laughs> smoked last night. I'll tell you, just other than the Denver Let's Nuggets, turn the, the page, Raptors, though, Cam. It's all good. It's all good. Let's turn the page. And I will remind people in this, in this game. All right. If you hit at 55% of the time, you're doing just fine. So don't worry about it, Cam. Let's move on to golf for this week. And I got to ask you, you know, in the last couple of weeks with the FedEx standings, I've been saying, Oh, is there someone like right below the cut who may have to be aggressive? Right? Cause that's what I'm looking at. Well, this is the swan song. This is the end. We crown a champion this week it's intriguing though 
Cam, there's only 30 golfers in the field. That has to be something you look at, right? There's no cut. That's something you have to look at. And if you look at FanDuel, uh, Cam, you've got who will win the tour championship. But then you also have the lowest 72-hole score. And that's different because off of their FedEx points, with this being the end, some of these guys are already starting under par as far as 10 under par. Talk to us about how they calculate the starting scores. I see Rom at minus 8, Thomas at minus 7, you know, the a group of five golfers at minus 3. Talk to us about how they calculate that and this unique uh, way to crown a champion. Yeah, it's interesting. This tournament, so basically, it's kind of like the playoffs. You get rewarded for how good you've been, especially in majors and tournaments, a point system. So right now, who had the most points? Dustin Johnson. He starts at minus 10. Then we move to the next to, to the next man. John Rahm, it's not minus 9, minus 8. Justin Thomas in the three-hole, minus 7. And then Webb Simpson, minus 6. Colin Morikawa, 5. And then you go... Four, 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 like a pack of guys, threes, all the way down to even. So all the guys between 20, uh, 26 and 30, they're even. So Dustin Johnson has a 10-shot lead over four mm. rounds of golf on these guys at the end. If you're playing these guys at the end, they're not going to win the tournament. I can tell you that. But that's the thing, mm. Dane. Sometimes we got to look for props. we got to look for other things, matchup right. bets this week. But, but... If you look at four rounds of golf, DJ starts at minus 10. I'd say anybody probably in the minus three, minus four range could still win the tournament. If you have a great tournament and go low over four rounds, you could take this thing and you're going to get big odds for these guys. I also have a couple takes. There was an interesting situation last week where Webb Simpson did not play. He put Mm. all of his eggs in one basket. Hey, bro, I don't even care about the million five in this other tournament. I'm not going to beat DJ this week. I'm not going to beat John Rahm this week. I'm saving it up for the Tour Championship. And if I mm. win, I win 15 million clams. Not yeah. one, not 1.5, right. 15 million clams. Those are the guys we start to look at. And I'll tell you guys, like, I'm not going to take DJ. I'm not going to take Rahm. By the way, on the show, we 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 hit we hit some uh, Rom last week, so that was good. Yeah, sure tell, good. tell Sports Grid's records, I should get 12, 12 to 1 for those Correct. guys. He's got to give me an extra 12%. But anyway, we'll talk about the golf All it took was a 70-foot putt <laughs> after yeah, a 65-foot yeah. putt. a minus putt. 130 baseball game. What's the deal with Rom? Anyway, friends, <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> you right, Dave? Come on, come on, Kev. You know what I'm talking about. That's big, that's big time, you, That's not a hockey game or, 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 or a baseball or basketball game. But Webb Simpson, he skipped last week, guys. He put all of his eggs in the basket, as I said, and worked towards this tournament. East Lake will basically provide great ball strikers with the ability to win. The problem is, mm. Rom's a great ball striker, so is DJ. But Webb Simpson, that yeah. is his game. Fairways and greens. The greens are tough. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, tough approach shots. So you have to take guys who are precision iron players. You don't have to worry about big versus small this week. So guys that I like in the mix, Colin Morikawa, great ball striker. Webb Simpson, mm. fantastic. Those are guys we can look at too because Morikawa starts at minus five and Webb Simpson starts at minus six. So we have guys five strokes and four strokes back. Taking a guy, you know, eight strokes back over time is going to be very difficult. Like the minus twos and, you know, they yeah. basically have to go bananas for four days. That's going to be tough to do, but... I'm telling you guys, I love Webb Simpson this week.
Uh, let me ask you, Cam, as it pertains kind of the history of this type of tournament, where I think about the NFL. I think it's yep. you know, five or more years in a row. Every uh, you know, both uh, sides of the Super Bowl enjoyed a bye week, and yes. you can kind of see how important that's been when it comes to the, the who ultimately wins this tour championship. Is there kind of that cutoff point where it's, you know, you need at least that five, that minus five to start with? Or have we seen guys all the way, though, back at the end of the board come up and win this thing? Yeah, it's happened before. There's guys that have come back, I think, six, seven. That's about that's about the most. Bill Haas uh, did it before uh, a, a long time ago. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, Hunter mm. Mahan was a guy. He's not even like basically he's like a part time member on the tour. It can happen. But, guys, you've seen the form that Rom and DJ have right now. These guys are one yeah. and two. Even last week, remember, that was the debate. Should we take Rom or should we take DJ? We basically threw everybody right. else out and said, you know, I don't think it's a two, it's a kind of a two horse race. And it, it worked out that way. Kev, as far back as I would go, maybe three. Like, you know, that's what I'm looking mm -hmm. at. I, I'm thinking around if you really want to get crazy, two. That's eight shots. That's two strokes around over four tournaments, eight shots. You can make that up, but you have to be very, yeah. very good and hope the other guys aren't on fire as well. But the evens, I think that's tough. Let's remember one thing, guys. Hi, everybody. I'm Dane Martinez. I'm Kevin Walsh and Cam Stewart. Hi, guys. How are you? Here's your, here's your, here's your, here's your tea. Uh, and uh, I'd like to give you $400,000 for just stepping on the grounds this week. Hey, that sounds pretty <laughs> damn good. Some turkey can shoot 18 over. Hey, honey, I made $400,000 right. to come 30th this week. Yay. <laughs> That's why you want to get into the tour championship. Like you saw the Canadian guy, sure. Mackenzie Hughes. He almost had a coronary. He just had a kid. He hit a five, six-foot downhill slider to get in right under the number in yeah. the top 30. The guy was like, oh, like crying, like, hey, I got a baby yeah. on the way. It's a big deal. So basically, you get in this thing, you're already getting paid. So yeah. let me ask you this, Cam, because I think you're absolutely right. And we talked about how the scores are staggered, right? But on FanDuel, mm -hmm. you can also bet, like, in essence, without the handicap, who wins this tournament, right? The best 72-hole score in this actual tournament. And I want to ask you about that, Cam, because I know we've talked about how, oh, with 30 being the cut line, might the guys who are 34th, 35th be more aggressive? I almost want to ask you the opposite now. DJ, Rom, they got strokes in hand, right? Do they... Yep. Do they lay up on par fives more often because they have that? Do they play more conservative to just get pars and maintain their lead and maybe not stay as aggressive? And I ask that because then is there an open door in this other market of the lower 72-hole score in this tournament without the handicap where some guys may be aggressive to try to get the best score for this weekend to make up that ground? You know what I'm saying? Might DJ Excellent and Rom be conservative? Point. Excellent Might point. other people is, have to be aggressive? Is, guys, and if so, how would you do it? Rom and DJ, that's not in their DNA. To lay up. Right. That's not the style that these guys play. But I do. That is an excellent question, Dave. Because but they got strokes are, in hand. There, there are going to be guys who are going to be pin hunting. Like Harris English, he's minus four. Right. Berger, minus four. Morikawa, Simpson. And Simpson plays right. a very conservative style game. But he will go for it if he has the chance. You have to when you're far behind. And, and this is all on the line, right? Go for yeah. it. You have Worst to. case yeah. scenario, you thing. bring 400K hey, back to your hey, how you doing? I've already got $400,000 in my pocket. That's right. Why not try right. to do something go else? For like, it. You're playing conservative this it. week. I want to punch you in the face. Just go out there so, and try to make more money. 
That's what you got to do. So what about a guy like DeChambeau, who we know is going to go for it every single time? The problem is, Dane, when I take DeChambeau, when he goes for it every single time, that might be a smooth 77. Three balls in the water. Mm, he, got his, he got his ankle it's bit true. by a gator. He's going to be all over the damn place here. In, but in don't Atlanta you need a tin week. cup kind like, of guy? Like, yeah. Like, if they're all going to go for it, someone's going to hit. Out of those guys, Rory McIlroy is minus three, okay? He's seven shots back at DJ. Here's the problem. His wife is literally popping out right now. Knock, knock. Who's there? Baby. Oh, mm. oh. Time to go back. Hello, I got to go back to Northern Ireland. He said, if this kid is like popping out, I'm done. I don't care about the 15 million. I already, I'm loaded. I'm going to go see hmm. the birth of my first child. So that guy's a risky proposition this week. But I will say yeah. this, Tony Finau, he's minus two. If you're looking for guys, you know, without the, the handicap, he's a guy that I like. I like three guys this week. And Finau, Dane, to your earlier point, is aggressive as hell. Like this right. guy is aggressive. He has a putting problem, but last week he did really, really well. Why? He didn't have the lead early. He posted a low number. The problem was Rom and DJ were better than him, but he was good. So hook me up. Finau's like 42 to one. I got no problem with that. He's got to make up eight strokes. It could happen, but I'm telling you, Webb Simpson and Colin Morikawa, I really mm. like their game for this course. I think I, I, I look for guys, precision iron players, you know, don't do anything too 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 radical. Don't get caught behind trees. And that's the thing, Dane. It's a yin-yang situation. You could be aggressive, and sure, you might get an eagle. Right. It could also take triple and quadruple bogey into play. That's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So there's going to be mm -hmm. some guys who are going to go low, and there's going to be some guys that are going to shoot like 78 and take themselves right out of the tournament for trying to be a yeah. hero. Let me uh, ask you, Ken, before we let you go here. Um, when it comes to DJ and Rom, because these are the two hottest golfers, they're, you know, arguably the two best golfers, and they're both at the top of the leaderboard with the lead. What mm -hmm. is is there a threshold for you to jump on these guys live? Because I'm sure that the 185 and the 280 maybe isn't enticing for you. But are there certain key numbers where you go, okay, okay now I get Rom and now I get DJ in the portfolio? Yeah, it's a good question, Kev. I will say this though. Rom won last week. He's got a beautiful wife. I know the way the guy rolls. He'll still play well, but I have a feeling there was a lot of uh, and like champagne and caviar on, on the menu last week. So he's already, won, you know, he beat DJ in that playoff with that putt. He'll still play well. DJ, on the other hand, he's hot. But it's just, I look at these numbers. I just can't do it, Kev. You know what the number is for me? Around six. Like, mm, uh, okay. see those guys around five or six to one. Knows also a pick. A guy that I'm really debating is Justin Thomas. JT. I think Justin Thomas could could win this thing. He's only three shots back. But I, yeah. when I look at Simpson, his odds, and Morikawa's odds, and they're only one and two stroke difference over four rounds of golf, 72 yeah. holes, the numbers that I like with them are more applicable to, you know, a smarter bet making money. But, hey, if you're going to mm -hmm. take any chalk guy, I would actually leave DJ out. I'd leave Rom out. I would take Justin Thomas out of, the, out of those guys. But I told you, I love Morikawa and I love Simpson. All right. Well, sounds good, Cam. We can obviously follow you here on Game Time Decisions and on Twitter as well. We'll keep it locked. We'll check you out. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us as we crown a golf champion this weekend. You got it, fellas. I'll talk to you at the majors, too. We'll take a little bit Sounds of a uh, break with these loser tournaments, and then we'll be back when the big boys put their pants on for the majors. It's right around the corner, baby.
Sounds Can't good, wait. Cam. Thanks for that. We'll also get your insight as the Stanley Cup playoffs continue to march towards their conclusion. Some very interesting things to talk about here, Kev. You know, this market of winning the championship and this market of winning the tournament are two different things we got to look at. We see what's going on on the morning after, after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. You got to keep it locked to the grid and get the edge all day long. And to do that, you got to watch the morning after coming up next. And our guy, Jared Smith, will be there for the next three hours. I hear it's Wednesday, so maybe my man Kevin Walsh will be there as well. But here's what I want to ask you, Jared, because I know you're heavy into the golf. You got Elk coming on and all that stuff. I think it is very interesting this week, right? You got a market on FanDuel who will win the tournament. And then you have a market of who will win the FedEx championship mm. with literally anywhere from minus three to minus 10 already in the pocket for Dustin Johnson. Do you think guys like DJ Aram may lay up on par fives, play more conservative, allowing the 72 hole score for the actual tournament? To enable some guys to have to go aggressive to make that up. Are you playing that in any way in your handicap, knowing that there's the market for this tournament and obviously the FedEx championship as well? Yeah, it's a unique week for golf. I'll say this. The East Lake doesn't play that way. It's a it's a it's a very it's first of all, it's only a par 70. There's only two par fives to lay up on. Hmm. I can see. I can see DJ and Rom maybe in the last round if they have a Try to be a little conservative lead over the field. Yeah. But I think in rounds one and two, you should play this like it's a straight tournament. There is a bit of a, it is a tough one to bet on this week because this, you have to take into account that scoring handicap as well. They're calling it a stroke bonus. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, it's almost like a waterfall. The further down the list you go, the less stroke mm-hmm. bonus you get. So it is a unique week. I think DJ and Rom are striking it better than anyone on tour right now. I would be shocked if one of those guys does not hoist the BM or the uh, tour championship trophy uh, on Sunday, the FedEx cup trophy. Those things can be a little bit funny, but I, I would think it's DJ. I, I, I think DJ is the guy that I'm putting my money on. All right, fair enough. Our guy Cam Stewart was into Webb Simpson, was into Colin Marikawa as well. I know you guys will continue to talk about it on the morning after with Elk and the crew. And you're going to have Wednesdays with Walsh, so keep it locked for the morning (laughs) after. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.